Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush podcast and what has been an absolutely bumper week of theme park news. We've got details of a brand new park from Universal in a place that you might not expect. And Disney has been busy as well, finally announcing an opening date for the long-awaited Tron Light Cycle Run. Not only that, we've also got the release of our first episode of the Disneyland Paris vlog and plenty more. It's a packed show, so without further ado, let's get started. Josh, hello there. Uh, I've I've been having strong Christmas withdrawal symptoms this week and I'm afraid it's all your fault. All my fault? How's it my fault? All your fault, yeah. Well, Park Rush travel vlogs, perhaps one of the, the very best things that we do here. And when I say we, I mean you. Always yeah, well, top tier okay. content, always well viewed, well liked on the excellent Park Rush YouTube channel at links.parkrush.com. And this week, the latest travel vlog went out and it was from Disneyland Paris. And I watched that and just really swung wildly between, oh, that was a good trip and just feeling sad. <laughs> oh, well, at least it brought back the, uh, the good feelings in a way, uh, even if it did also bring back s- some sad feelings. Yeah. You know, Christmas is the most wonderful time of year, Josh. And, uh, you know, we're we're deep we're deep in what I think to many people is the absolute worst time of the year, which is that long wait for January payday where the weather's bad, the nights are long. And look, if it wasn't for a successful relaunch of the Park Rush podcast, I'd have to imagine that the both of us and all our dozens of fans would be absolutely beside themselves, wouldn't know what to do. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, I guess the best thing about the vlog is, Tom, there's two more episodes to come in January. Oh, any yeah. any any tease? Because the first one, as you might expect, covered kind of the first day from the mean streets of Dartford all the way through to uh, the less mean streets of Discoveryland. <laughs> what's what's coming up in episodes two and three? Can you throw the people about? Uh, we've got a lot more Avengers Campus, or we've got all... Uh, uh, Avengers Campus going on, uh, and then maybe a bit of bit more uh, parade work, and maybe another f- friend or two appear as well. You know, your your friend of mine, uh, Goofy, turns up. <laughs> right, yeah, we're going to yeah. have to put the uh, the age gating, I think, on that particular episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, if if you haven't yet watched the first Disney Lads vlog, then do go and check it out. I, I thought it was great. I, I must say, though, Josh, I, I don't know. The, the parade footage, I think it's fair to say, is extensive. I mean, did you have... Was Peter Jackson there with you in the edit suite? Because that, <laughs> that just kept running. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to get a little bit of everything that went by and then uh but yeah it's 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 always about finding the right place to cut and sometimes you just don't want to cut it it's all the the parade is so good it's the best place to see that disneyland christmas parade frankly without going there because just about the entire thing is there for you in glorious 4k i'll tell you this now tom i actually cut a fair bit from that as well (laughs) wow Well, good footage, though. Good footage, especially considering you were in the cheap seats. You didn't get into the uh, disability zone, as I did. So <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Is that next Su- to the Twilight Zone? Surprisingly good footage. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, uh, I hope everyone who listened last week enjoyed the slightly new-sounding Park Rush podcast. Uh, we, we were pretty happy with how it went. Slightly new format, slightly new theme tune. I have to confess that some of the other changes that were made to the branding, I have been open enough before the recording here today. Uh, I don't like what I've actually done with the logo. That shade of orange is is frankly becoming aggravating every time I look at it. So I think I'm going to change that back to the more pleasant shade of red. We want to do something with the logo, as you might have guessed by the fact that we did try something that 
just what I did was bad. So hopefully the next thing I, that we do to it will be, I don't know, good. That, that would be nice. Fingers crossed. No promises, though. This is the Park Rush podcast, uh, so you can't be certain. Anyway, uh, the Thing Park News gods have been, I would say, overly generous this week. There is an absolute ton of stuff to talk about, Josh. But not only that, we've also had some most excellent correspondence, which means that for the first time in a while, I'm going to play the Park Rush correspondence music. you want to get in touch with the park rush podcast if nothing else just so that you can hear that glorious jingle again then you can do so email us podcast at parkrush.com or tweet us at parkrush podcast i would say those are the best options for you there we do have an email before we get to that and josh will will read it out i did want to just give a shout out to friend of the show pastor john self who's been in touch this week uh he is an absolute beacon of Thing Park knowledge. He's been on the show several times, perhaps one of the most prolific Thing Park bloggers that we know. Uh, And to bring in the new year, he has started writing for Attractions Magazine, uh, which is uh, excellent for John. Uh, Very happy for you indeed. And uh, would highly recommend that people seek out John's byline over there. As I say, an absolute beacon of knowledge and I'm sure we'll get him back on the podcast in the pretty near future. But, uh, Josh, as I say, we've also got an email. Who has emailed us and what have they got to say for themselves? Well, Tom, it's uh, your friend of mine, Mr. Ben. He's back. Oh. Um, yeah. Hey, guys. Good to get back to the traditional show format after a lengthy period of trip reports. Tell me about it. Excellent particularly some of the European parks I wasn't familiar with. Um, A few small bits of feedback. Here we go. Um, You mentioned the last time you recorded a film review, game review and trip report all in the same year would have been before the pandemic. Pandemic. It's affected me that much. Uh, (laughs) You're right, but only just. I thought it was... 2021 as you did Thought Park Alton Towers uh, and Jungle Cruise slash Muppets Haunted Mansion but you missed out on a game review by 11 days oh. Planet Coaster console edition on the 20th of December 2020 this means the last year you did all three was 2019 yeah well yep. that's, what, that's what we said you know yep. you fact checked us and uh, lo and behold we were right to begin with which isn't often the Can case. You believe it? Normally, when we get fact-checked, we've got something horrendously incorrect. But thank goodness, my memory is just about good enough to think all the way back to 2019. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's all right, Tom, because he's got another bit here for us. Damn. Uh, the the Disney patent for the flying robot doesn't just discuss external projection. Um, which he agrees doesn't make much sense, but also internal projection. Quote, while external projection was highlighted in the above examples, uh, the inventors have also created prototype designs utilising internal projections. Um, That is from a a website called justia.com. Doing a backlit projection for a face, i.e. Iron Man's visor lifting up to reveal Tony Stark's face, Seems very feasible, but I could also see the whole thing lighting up with screens to digitally digitally paint a costume as it would have the advantage of lighting it up at night time. So that's quite an interesting point. I guess instead of painting it, you have a, you know, this internal projection uh, projecting the colours onto it. Yeah, how would that work then? I suppose the material... So just to remind people, in case you've forgotten or didn't listen last week, one of the news stories we talked about was Disney filing a patent essentially for, I guess, the next generation of kind of the stunt robot that they've been using for uh, Spider-Man Avengers Campus in California. Uh, This next robot would be able to fly. So Iron Man seems, for example, like a pretty good use case for that oh, Peter Pan. Uh, they also talked about you know ways in which in this patent how they would 
uh, you know, decorate, for lack of a better word, these robots and, and projection was mentioned. And um, in terms of yes. internal projection then, I, I mean, how would that work exactly? Would the, the material that is used to to make that animatronic, would it almost have to be like somewhat translucent for the projection to be internal and appear like outward facing to, to people on the ground? Is that how that would have to work? Yeah, I want to say that I've seen this technology before somewhere, mm. but I can't, I couldn't for the life of me tell you where, um, and certainly not on this, you know, um, tiny scale. It was, you know, quite a large thing that I saw, kind of like a you know cinema sort of size, but in reverse. Um, so is it right yeah. that, like, existing projections that they do at Disney, for example, on Anna and Elsa on Frozen Forever After or on the Seven Dwarves on the Mine Train Coaster. Those are externally yeah. projected. So theoretically you could, if you got into the right position, you could do like finger puppets on Elsa's face. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes. So they I use get- the same technology as they do for the uh, castle projection, which is laser projection. So it's it's very you can be very pinpoint accurate mm. with where the light is going rather than, you know, painting a big square. Yeah. Although I guess, you know, if it was my last day at Disney and I knew I was leaving, I would be very tempted. You know, if I knew exactly where these laser guided projections were coming from, I'd find it very difficult not to go and make a load of rude <laughs> gestures in just the right place. So. <laughs> that would be a fantastic way to end a day at the Magic Kingdom. Especially if you've spent all day in like super long queues and had a thoroughly miserable time. Uh, Not allowed to set foot in Disney ever again. Yeah, if you then had Cinderella's Castle flipping the bird at you, that would be absolutely fantastic. (laughs) I'd be up for that. Yeah. Um, Um, Yes, but there we go. So internal projections, might see it here, might see it there. Who knows? Maybe it'll hmm. come to Paris. That'd be nice. Hmm. Um. Ben goes on. I'm glad that that was likely the last episode about the London Resort. Uh, <laughs> but I've mentioned it here again, so uh, tough. Yeah, joke's on you. <laughs> uh, excellent show as always, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do over the next year. All three potential trips sound good to me, but I'd particularly, uh, be particularly interested in hearing your thoughts on the parks in Japan and Abu Dhabi. All the best, Mr. Ben. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Ben. And uh, and again, just to kind of remind people uh, from last week there, yes, we talked about the London Resort and the fact that it's uh, kind of guiding light for the last couple of years. One, P.Y. Jabot, uh, he has left the project uh, and it very much seems now like that is on its absolute last legs. And if it is to happen at all, it will be so far removed from... Uh, the initial plans and even the revived plans from a couple of years ago that calling it a theme park at this point uh, seems generous. I think uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what it ends up being. And then, yes, we talked a little bit about some of the trips that we're eyeing up for, for 2023 and yeah, Abu Dhabi, Japan and California are the three that we are considering. And Abu Dhabi, I think is, uh, yeah, pretty feasible actually we're we're feeling pretty good about that one uh one of the other two uh would be i think a a a bonus at this point but we're kind of leaning towards california being the more likely um so japan might be one that you have to stick with us a little longer uh, to hear our thoughts on that but um nice to get there when we get there exactly we'll get there when we get there and uh, I think it's uh, just about time that we got to the news. So we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, as I say, there is a ton of stuff to talk about. So see you in a sec. Memories last a lifetime but don't want to wait around? Chicken Media has the answer. Specializing in photography and video production, this is the media industry's answer to fast food. Quick turnaround, content for the soul. Whether you've got a wedding coming up or a music event, 
church recital, whatever it might be. While no spring chickens, chicken media always cater to the customer, providing an a la carte service. To find out more, head to chicken.media. That's chkn.media. All right, Josh, it's time to talk about an absolute bumper week of Thing Park News. I don't really know how we should start. We've got a pretty good split of Disney news and Universal news, and then a little bit of bonus news, which actually relates to... Uh, that potential Abu Dhabi trip. So maybe we could just quickly mention that before we get into kind of the meatier stuff. And this is that Ferrari world, Abu Dhabi, one of the theme parks on Yaz Island. Hopefully I've pronounced that correctly, uh, which we have kind of earmarked as, as one we could, we could visit. And they have opened a new roller coaster mission Ferrari, which Josh, you're not a fan of that name. Uh, no, and I think actually the thing that gets me as well is that and this won't be of any interest to you, Tom, but uh, they're sponsored by Philip Morris International, the big cigarette company in Formula One. Um, the Ferrari team is that that is, and they have a sponsor on there, a sub sponsor, I guess, called Mission Winnow, and that and it's and this Mission Ferrari is playing with me, so yeah, it just makes it even worse in my head. What about the coaster itself? Do you like the sound of the coaster? I am deeply, deeply interested in this coaster, this dynamic attractions SFX coaster that delivers an inverted loop and a sideways drop. Sideways drop? How how would that work? I'm, I don't think I've ever seen a sideways drop. Uh, no, I'm trying to figure out what that really means, whether I guess... I guess we sort of did a sideways drop on one of the rides at Fantasia Land. Did we? One of the spinning one of the spinning coasters sort of fell sideways. I don't know if you'd consider that a drop, but uh Oh right. Yeah. I guess so. I don't know if that's what they mean. I mean, do they does does the car So obviously the coaster train in this as the name would suggest is done up to look like a Ferrari. Would yep. it would it essentially I mean, yeah, so it would fall almost horizontally then. Like, you wouldn't be looking down at the ground at the point yeah. that you fall, presumably. You would be side on. Maybe the track is... Maybe the track falls that way and the and the bogies, I guess, are facing in that direction, but the actual uh, carriage that you're sitting on is still facing perpendicular to the track at that point. Right, Yeah. Quite possibly. We'll have to go and figure it out, Tom. We'll have to go and figure it out. You're absolutely right. But it's uh, it's just open to the public this week. As of recording, it was yesterday. So perhaps we'll check in with it again next week just to see what sort of the early response, early reaction has been to it. But, yeah, it's uh, it's another example, I suppose, of this park trying to break new ground when it comes to roller coasters because they're sort of... I guess most infamous coaster right now is that one which requires you to wear goggles because it goes so damn fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's that one called? I can't remember. I was looking at it last week, but um, it, it, it was one of those that I looked at even as a theme park fan, a coaster fan, and thought, do, do I need to, to do that? Do, do, is that one that I actually need to do? That That's maybe a little much even for me. You have but, to do it. Uh, There's no choice in the matter. You have to do it. Yeah, I am contractually obliged to do it, I think. Yeah. You know, um, you can't go all the way there and not do it. No. It'd be, uh, Formula Rossa is, uh, is a must-do. Formula Rossa. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Which just well. means Formula Red, I think. Yeah. Uh, lots of lots of extreme rides over in Abu Dhabi they they've considering the the limitations they have i.e. they have to broadly be built inside uh, obviously that f- uh, formula rossa one is not but broadly speaking they have to 
just because of the the extreme heat. Uh, but yeah, they've yeah. managed to still pack a lot of stuff into their various theme parks. So yeah, uh, plenty, plenty to look forward to if and when that trip happens for us. Let's bounce over then to uh, some Disney stuff first, just because they also had a roller coaster announcement this week. Uh, well, I guess the uh, the Ferrari World one wasn't so much an announcement; it was it was just an opening. We, we knew that coaster was coming, but Tron Light Cycle. Finally, Disney has announced an opening date for this thing at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, do you reckon this is a a very early April fall, Josh, or do you believe them? Is this date for real? Uh, if this if the date was actually April first, then I would I'd be very hesitant. But I think, <laughs> uh, considering it's April fourth, I think we're okay. Um, obviously, that is that is four four, right? I don't know if that has a has a meaning anywhere. Is there a, is that like a Tron thing? Is that a Tron thing? I don't know. I mean, I thought I thought the saying from Tron was April the fourth be with you, and I thought that's what they were going for. But I guess it might be four <laughs> uh, yes. four. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on Tron. I've never seen Tron. I've meant to for a long time. Ditto, of course, the sequel I've never seen. Weirdly enough, I do have a Tron Disney Infinity figure. I think it might be Olivia Wilde. Was she in the Tron sequel or somebody was in that film? Uh, Tron Legacy. Tron Legacy. Uh, Was she in Tron Legacy? Maybe. She was. She was in Tron Legacy. Olivia Wilde, now of... um, don't worry, darling fame, I guess. <laughs> oh. oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to it's hard to track that in your head of her being in Tron Legacy and then doing Don't Worry Darling. It's a You know actually what makes me more interested in watching Tron Legacy is discovering that it's directed by the man who did Top Gun Maverick. Oh, so, you've not seen Tron Legacy before? No, I just, no, I've never seen Tron or Tron Legacy. I've not seen any wow. Tron content other than I've played, I guess, as Olivia Wilde in Disney Infinity. I'll have to boot the game up and see what level I got her to. I don't how much of a skill tree have I done? The first Tron was is a hard watch, if I'm honest. Right, but you like Legacy, then? Is, is am I to take from that? Uh, it's easier to watch because mm. it's you know it's more up to date. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily that makes say. sense. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, this has been a long, long time coming. Obviously, it is just a straight copy of the Tron light cycle run at Shanghai Disneyland, which has uh, been uh, incredibly well received over the years. Uh, this has is been this delayed. Chinese or? <laughs> well, like Ratatouille, they've just brought it over yeah. without localising it. That would be funny. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this has been long delayed, obviously, because of COVID, the knock-on impact on other parts of the park has been pretty profound as well, of course, with the, the Walt Disney Road Railroad being heavily disrupted while they've been working on Tron. But, yeah, it's good to finally have an opening date. It makes the Splash Mountain closure easier to swallow. You could almost consider it like a straight swap for the time being. You've lost Splash Mountain, but you gain tron and look i would absolutely love to get back over there and ride it for myself i'm sure it will do very well i don't think the fact that it's attached to the franchise i'm pretty sure most people don't care for anymore i don't think that will hurt it in any way i mean it's pretty wild really isn't it this came out or this is going to open 13 years after tron legacy even came out i mean that tron is so far removed from sort of the modern lexicon these days and yet here we are mm. uh, one of walt disney world's or i guess it will prove to be walt disney world's marquee new ride for 2023 and it's and it's tron <laughs> but looks great it, yeah. look forward to riding i think it's 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 ultimately more interesting than uh, avatar as a as a franchise but maybe the world is not as interesting visually but it's obviously a completely different visual concept. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Avatar is a pretty big deal. And maybe it will be worth talking at some point be, about but... what they could do with Avatar moving forward at the Disney parks because the way of water has, has come out and done, done well. Uh, they're moving ahead. I think James Cameron has said they're going to move ahead with all the planned sequels because of 
the, uh, the Way of Water's performance at the box office so far. So there is scope, I would have thought, for them to, if not create entirely new Avatar lands and rides and experiences, but uh, at least kind of keep up to date, reinvent, refresh perhaps what they've already got there at Animal Kingdom over the years. That that might be quite interesting. But yeah, uh, Tron, something to look forward to for, for Disney World fans. And, uh, you know, I highly doubt I'll be going to Florida this year. But uh, as I say, a ride I'm very keen to check out for myself. I'm pretty convinced that I'll be going back to Disney World before I ever step foot in Shanghai Disneyland. So... That will be, I'm sure, my my first experience of Tron when I get back there. What about you, Josh? You're going sure. to eye up a return trip at some point? Weren't you eyeing up a trip for the... There's an anniversary, is there, coming up that you thought you might uh, time a trip to? Or am I making that up? No, it's Epic <laughs> Universe. That was it. Yeah, Epic Universe. Uh, I think Epic Universe is, is the main draw, really, for me now. Mm. Um, you know, Disney might be good, but Epic Universe is coming. A whole theme park. Can you believe it? A whole theme park, yes. And uh, not the only whole theme park that Universal has on the cards, as we will get to shortly. But just a couple of other quick Disney hits. And they all can kind of somewhat be grouped together. So, uh, obviously, Bob Iger, in a kind of shock move, returned to the company as CEO. Disney have already announced uh, since then uh, some sort of ticketing changes at their US parks. So at Disney World, they're dropping the need to make a reservation if you are an annual pass holder. So nice. that has been a real thorn in the side of anyone that wants to go to Disney World since the, the parks first reopened from the pandemic, uh, making reservations for certain days. I think it's created quite an unhealthy situation where if you're going on a sort of two to three week trip, for example, or, or even less than that, it's it kind of behooves you to just book a day, book every day that you're there uh, to be at a Disney park just in case you want to go because there's now no such thing as wanting to go to Disney on a whim. You have to have booked pretty far in advance. Uh, but now yeah. you, you don't have to do that if you're an annual pass holder. So I guess that's a good change. Do you ever see them getting back to a point where nobody has to book? Or maybe the default is that you don't have to book and maybe they just do it seasonally. So maybe they it would make more sense to like, okay, you're going to have to book during December because it's Christmas and crazy. You're going to have to book maybe during the spring break break period or something like that but or do you think it's here to stay uh, 100% of the time for everyone else I, I think I think short term at least it's here to stay um, mm. yeah I think you know you're going to have to you look in long term maybe you know if Disney make a new theme park maybe then that will change because that will take a lot of the draw um, but yeah I think you know, very short term, you know, next two to three years, I think we're going to be sticking with this uh, system for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, we we didn't love it when we were there last spring. Uh, I can't remember. How did your family feel about it? Were they... Not were, big fans. Um, basically, they just booked out every single day of the holiday yeah. at one of the parks. And then if they went, they went. If they didn't, they didn't. Exactly. Even the days that they knew they were going to Universal, they still booked to go to Disney just in case. Yeah. Which, Which is messed feel, up. I feel like, yeah. And like people that then do want to go to Disney on that day then can't because my family's taken eight spots. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And look, before our uh, dozens of loyal listeners start sending us hate mail, you know, you're going to get angry letters to your house, Josh. Yeah, we tried oh. to go to Disney last August and now we know there were eight Lawrences there ruining it for us. <laughs> but I wasn't I, there. Don't shoot the messenger. Sorry, yes. Um, you had nothing to do with it. In fact, that's why you didn't go. You were so morally opposed to this booking days that you weren't going. But it's I, don't think, I don't think they, they could really do it any other way. I think Disney have kind of created this problem for themselves and uh, it's not fair to 
to put any of the blame on guests for using the system in the, in any way that they they see fit to suit their needs because you know they're paying enough quite frankly they should be able to feel like they can turn up at their convenience rather than at disney's convenience yeah for sure uh, but yes, that was announced uh, this week by Josh DeMauro, the Disney Parks chairman. Uh, he announced a few other things as well. So free hotel parking is back at Disney World. I must admit, I didn't know that it had gone anywhere. And the fact that it had is absolutely wild. <laughs> I can't believe it. They haven't had it for a while. I, think, I don't think they've had that for ages, Tom. Like ages and ages. Actually, a lot of hotels do charge for parking these days. And uh, really? most hotels, yeah. Most hotels in the area charge for parking as well, Tom. That's non Disney hotels. That's crazy. I don't think I've ever so had think, that experience. I think Disney was one of the last to do uh, pay for parking in the area. Well, I'm late to the party, but I'm outraged all the same. I'm just going to sort Absolutely. of express five, six, seven years worth of outrage in one fell swoop in this podcast right here. That's damn straight. That's madness. Uh, and then the third thing, I guess the third make good that he announced uh, was that Disney World guests who buy Disney Genie Plus pretty soon are going to get their ride photos included, the digital ride, digital versions of their oh. ride photos included for the day that they're about there. Time that, about time you get a bet, you know, some perk out of that poxy thing. Yeah, I mean, look, it kind of makes sense, right? If you've literally paid to go on a particular ride, Throw in the photo, you know? Uh, yeah. Especially given it, if on. it's a digital version, it's basically at no cost to Disney to give you that. So yeah. hand it over. Hand it over. You're taking the photo anyway. Just give it to me. Yeah, exactly. What do you reckon, though, Josh? I mean, do you think it's too soon after Bob Iger has come back t- for these changes to maybe be attributed to him? Is he looking for some quick PR wins, do you think? I mean, he's a very savvy guy. He must know that the perception of the Disney parks under Chapek uh, were, you know, yeah. that, that they were cost-cutting, that they were becoming increasingly unfriendly for the customer, taking the mick, nickel and diming. <laughs> do you think these are just some quick PR wins he's looking for, these kinds of changes? I do. I think these are quite quick changes that you can make. So I think, you know, he sat down with uh, Josh DeMauro, had a discussion on what things they can enact quickly. And uh, this is what you get. Mm. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, a couple of other sort of similar changes at Disneyland as well. So um, they're basically increasing the number of the days in the year that, Disneyland charges its lowest price for tickets for one day tickets, uh, which is currently $104 daily admission. Um, so yeah. basically that price will be um, in place for more days in the year than has been the case. They're also allowing park hopping to start at 11 a.m. rather than 1 p.m. Okay. Uh, in California. Uh, that comes in on nice. the 4th of February. Uh, and then they are also introducing free ride photos there as well. Um, digital uh, again, but this is not tied to like any other paid service. This is just, yo, you're getting the digital ride photos for free. And again, that starts on the 4th of February. So, uh, yeah, I guess gone will be the days where people kind of try to take pictures of the screens with their photos on on their phones yeah you can just get them now so get them that'd be nice i like the amount of, you, you're being charged to go to these parks anyway exactly um they should be thrown in but again it's one of these things where disney are nickel and diming people absolutely absolutely and on that sort of front i thought this was just interesting because disney you know they're such a PR savvy company. They they really try to be careful about their image. They want to be viewed extremely positively, which is why I think one of the key reasons Bob Chapek was forced out was because there was a perception that there was a lot of damage being done to the Disney brand, whether it be that perception that they were nickel and diming people and not just people, but ultimately their biggest and most loyal fans were the people that they were seen to be taking advantage of. You obviously had all that stuff with Ron DeSantis in Florida, but 
yeah, this this perception that Disney have kind of lost some of their PR luster has started to cut through in like mainstream media. So BBC News had a story that ran this week uh, where they had quotes from a Nelson Peltz, who is the uh, the boss of Trian, uh, Trian Partners, Trian Partners. Anyway, uh, a pretty high profile investor in Disney and him basically speaking out about his problems with the company, the fact that they are taking advantage of their guests, they're charging too much at their theme parks, they're not paying their staff enough, and basically making a lot of short-term decisions that they think will be good for the bottom line that will actually pay off pretty negatively in the long run. Well, that wasn't a very great choice of words because, yeah, it just won't pay off in the long run. Um, uh, yeah, no, 100%. Well, maybe it will. Uh, but... It's good to see investors um, talking this way, if I'm honest. Mm. Because realistically, the, the whole point of uh, this nickel and dime is for the profit margins to improve so the share prices improve. And if the uh, investors are going to start saying that actually it's not a great way to run a business, then uh, it quite hopefully could mean that uh, Bob Iger and the rest of Disney start looking at different ways of uh you know creating a good image for the company uh yeah just the final thing uh again uh, as i said uh, on this kind of ron DeSantis battle that, that, that disney have been embroiled in <laughs> since last year so just to take people back this all comes back to that so-called don't say gay bill where ron DeSantis, who is like an absolute right-wing egotistical culture warrior who is quite clearly eyeing up a run for president uh, on the Republican ticket in 2024. He's the governor in Florida. And, uh, yeah, he's trying to you know, Im- impose legislation, introduce legislation, which would basically uh, impact the way schools are able to discuss and teach uh, about kind of LGBT issues and things like that. Uh, Disney, obviously, being a, a major employer in the state, came under a lot of pressure um, but also, you know, Disney being a big donor to politicians in Florida, including Republicans, but they came under a lot of pressure to speak out. Uh, Bob Chapek did eventually, but it basically ended up in this worst of all world situation where because he took so long to speak out, he did a lot of damage to the perception of Disney among its more progressive fans and customers. Yeah. But the fact that he did eventually speak out meant that he also did damage to the Disney brand. Uh, to those more conservative and, well, frankly, bigoted people. So it was kind of a worst of all worlds. And DeSantis has kind of been throwing his toys out the pram since then and threatening to um, dissolve this Reedy Creek Improvement District, which is basically the authority that allows Disney to manage its own land in Florida uh, and basically remove those kinds of special privileges is is DeSantis's argument and uh basically it seems like that's not going to happen Disney will throw their weight around hope for hope that this just goes away um but there was an interesting line from a public planning meeting held by the Reedy Creek Improvement District this week where uh, a few details creeped out, Josh, about potential future theme parks at Disney World. Um, Oh, yeah. So this is from touringplans.com. And basically, there's reference in these planning documents to one additional major park at Disney World and two additional minor parks at Disney World. And uh, these would form part of the Reedy Creek 2032 comprehensive long-term plan. So some of this is rolled over from the 2020 comprehensive long-term plan, which was adopted in 2010. Now, obviously, there hasn't been one additional major theme park and two additional minor theme parks since then. Um, So, But the fact that they're kind of like... I guess in some ways renewing that potential, keeping it, you know, um, in people's thoughts. I mean, do you think there's anything actually to this? Do you think, do you think Epic Universe 
has kind of influenced their thinking and they're starting to wonder, or oh, maybe we do have to think about or at least keep our options open so far as more theme parks? Or do you think this is like a cheap, another sort of cheeky PR play here where they're kind of like dangling the idea of more major investment in Florida to try and kind of keep the politicians off their back? Because even if politicians hate Disney and what it stands for, if all of a sudden Disney are like, yo, we're going to open one, maybe two or three new theme parks or some form of attractions um, that could potentially be massive for the Florida economy. And, you know, Republicans, no matter how much they might hate Disney, are probably not going to fight against that. My understanding is that these parks were already part of the long-term plan that was set in 2010. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So um, I think, you know, it's just... Uh, that was never f- officially approved, so now they've got official approval for that, and they've re-edited it to the, the new long-term plan, hmm. uh, just so it's still there, and you can kind of look and go, hey, look, you approved it that time, so realistically, we've got it in the books, got it on paper if we need to actually go forward with it. I don't think it means anything right now, um, but I do think... You know, it's one of them things where they're looking to see how Epic Universe does, um, you know, what other potential Nintendo properties come to other parts of the Universal Orlando estate there. And if that bumps Disney off of those top spots, and if it does, then I think, you know, a new new major park and maybe, a, maybe from that another minor park could be on the cards. Yeah. Which would be exciting. Like ultimately, no matter what industry you're in, competition is is a really good thing. Uh, it, it it breeds more competition and uh, encourages companies big and small to kind of up their game and 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 keep trying to improve. And Disney, for a long time, uh, I think felt quite complacent in Florida, and I think that really started to change when the Harry Potter stuff started to open Universal. And uh, I think deep down, I'm sure Disney were hoping that the pandemic would would scupper the the Epic Universe plans. And I think coming out of the pandemic, or the worst of it at least, and seeing Universal double down has, yeah, maybe spooked them a little bit, a little bit. And uh, it would be good, I think, to see Disney commit to something even if it's not quite at that scale. But new gates, I think, would be absolutely massive for Disney because as anyone who's been in the last few years will testify, those parks are just too busy. They need, if they want to sustain that level of of crowd, uh, even with these reservation systems in place, I mean, that's the thing. They have tried to do things, whether you agree with them or not, to manage the crowd levels and yet they are still so mm. chaotic and it's getting to the stage where I think the only options they have are to to have more gates spread these people out a little bit more because uh, there's too many people in too few parks at the moment I think for sure one other area in that case Josh where they maybe will look to Universal for some inspiration this was very interesting this week we've got an announcement of a new theme park from Universal, but not kind of a traditional Universal Studios park necessarily. This They are pitching very much as a smaller, more family-friendly park. It's going to open in Frisco in Texas. And I yep. mean, it's obvious just from the concept art that has been released that this is a pretty different-looking Universal. This is not a straight-up Studios park. In fact, this might be taking some design cues from Epic Universe, just looking at the concept art, actually, with kind of like a a, a waterfront, if you like, um, in the middle, kind of bringing the whole thing together as a sort of centrepiece. Uh, and it would be interesting, you know, if this proves successful uh, and exciting and, and not just for locals, but maybe even gets people from outside Texas to travel in to check it out, if maybe yeah. a park of this scale is something that appeals to Disney. And in the case of Disney World, when they, you know, in that Reedy Creek planning stuff, when they talk about two smaller gates or whatever, maybe this is something they will look to as what that could be. 
Um, but this looks really cool, Josh. And we've got the uh, we're looking at Orlando Park stops coverage of this. And yeah. I guess the, the the obvious question is based on the concept art. What what are you thinking is uh, is going to be in this park? What what lands have you picked out? Well, top left, Tom, very much feels like Jurassic World slash park. Yeah, to me, um, which I'm I'm here for. You know, they're doing. You got what's it? The, uh, Camp Cretaceous, the the kids' cartoon show series thing. Uh, that's meant to be very good. Um, obviously, you've got similar sort of area in uh, islands as well, uh, which is kind of a kids' area. So maybe uh, make that bigger, grander, but obviously still for kids. I think that's very much a, a can do here um mm. does look like there's a sort of boat r- ride on the river on the rivers going on that you get from the main lake in the middle of the park which looks kind of cool yeah um other than that i'm not sure i can pick out anything particular with any of these other uh lands but there are some interesting stuff here still there's a maze hedge maze always here for a hedge maze I, I'm with you. I definitely think that the the top left of that concept art, if you look at it, is Jurassic Park. I mean, you can pretty much see the uh, the iconic Jurassic Park archway, you know, the stone pillars uh, at the end of a bridge yeah. leading into that particular part of the park. The rest of it, yeah, I mean, it's all a little bit, uh, you know, hard to pin down. It, it, it's um, a little vague, but I guess you just got to think of what sort of family-friendly, child-friendly properties and franchises does universal own and already leverage at some of its parks and you're going to be thinking of my little pony these bright colors bottom right kind of look my little pony-esque i don't know i was going to say trolls oh it could be trolls yeah trolls which are pretty big they do last time i was in universal singapore there was uh trolls meet and greets and parades going on uh obviously they've got all the dreamworks stuff is trolls dreamworks i'm I guess it must be, right? But they've got the kind of more vintage so. Dreamworks yeah. stuff too, like How to Train Your Dragon and Shrek and uh Vintage Dreamworks and Kung, Kung, How to Train Your Dragon. Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Um, um it also looks like they've got this kind of double hotel set up out the front as well. Yeah, it's interesting that it looks like two different or two separate buildings. Maybe I wonder if it's two separate hotels or yeah. just one hotel. But yeah, out at the front gate, kind of like um Disneyland Paris. Yeah, which is a great vibe, I think. Yeah, that's a spectacular uh, entrance to a theme park, that is. So anything they can get that's even close to that would be really, really great. Uh, I wonder what they call it. I mean, as as we said at the top, not Universal Studios, I don't think. So uh, I think they'll just come up with something entirely new and it will be, you know, Universal's XXX. Uh, Well, that doesn't sound very family-friendly, does it? But you know what I mean. Um... It's got to have unit. Does it have has to have universe in the name? They've also announced uh, at the other end of the spectrum a sort of permanent Halloween Horror Nights uh, sort of experience. Is this going to be in the park? Yeah, it's if just you sort like, of like <laughs> you go down the wrong turning and no, no, uh, alas, that would oh. be very cool. But no, this is not. Uh, this is not in Texas. This is in Las Vegas. A Las uh, Vegas. Yeah. So uh, this is a year-round horror-focused destination. Oh, boy. And, hey, look, uh, Halloween Horror Nights is incredibly popular and successful every year. People from uh, all over the U.S. uh, head to Florida in particular to experience that. So um, another site where you can go and get that uh, all year, um, I'm sure will do very well. Las Vegas seems like a pretty good place for it. And it will be interesting to see whether or not the experiences within it, like how many there are, and are they permanent as well, or will they rotate? That will be interesting. Yeah, and and also very much buried in the bottom of this piece on uh, Orlando Park Stop is the fact that there's strong rumours circulating that Universal might be looking to buy Porta Ventura in Spain, Tom. Really? Yeah. Obviously, they used to operate it in the late 90s, early noughties. Oh, okay. So, well, if they're going on a spending spree, there's some land just up the road, Josh. Uh, <laughs> the Swanscombe Peninsula, it's called. Yeah. 
but long have there been plans for a theme park there. People may have heard of it. The London Resort is the name it most recently went by. If yeah, Universal, I think people were calling it the Disneyland of England. Maybe it could be the Universal Studios. UK's answer to Disneyland Paris is uh, was a tabloid favourite. There you go. Uh, why not make it the UK's answer to Universal Studios by just making it Universal Studios, Josh? There you go. You could call it uh, Universal Kingdoms. <laughs> UK, done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Salt. look, in all seriousness, the British film industry is one of the few British industries that's actually doing pretty well for itself <laughs> these days. So, yeah. um, you know, there's, uh, there's plenty to tap into there, a British film-focused theme park. Come on board, Universal. You know you want to. We'd love to have you here in North Kent. Please. Uh, that's going to do it, I think, Josh, uh, for the news. Yes. I mean, uh, kind of in the same vein as the uh, the Ferrari World Coaster opening, uh, there was another opening this week. Uh, not full scale, full on yet, but Super Nintendo World has soft opened in Hollywood. Oh. So uh, just to note that, really, it would be good, I think, uh, in, the, in the next couple of weeks to try and get someone on the podcast who's been so we can pick their brains about it and, and what it's like. Maybe we'll, we'll try and sort that out. But, of course, as we've said now uh, on two podcasts in a row, so, you know, it's basically nailed on, we are hoping to go to California uh, at some point. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see it for ourselves eventually. But, yeah, in yes. the meantime... Uh, it will be good to get someone on the show to talk about it. So uh, watch this space. We'll see what we can do. That's going to do it, Josh. Uh, a bump a yep. week of news. How, how, are you, how are you feeling after that? Are you feeling positive about the year ahead for theme parks after that? I'm more excited about this year than I was uh, before this podcast, Tom. So, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to it. And hopefully we can give you a front seat to it all here on the Park Rush podcast. Or, well, what tends to happen is that we're kind of nestled about halfway down normally. Not not keen to queue up for the front row unless, you know, it's an absolute doozy of a ride. But we'll do our best. Yes. We'll do our best. If you want to keep up with the show and haven't already, then please do subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And if it supports reviews and or ratings then please do give us one that would be fantastic to find Park Rush everywhere else including YouTube Twitter Instagram TikTok etc then links.parkrush.com is the place to go and as I said earlier if you want to get in touch podcast at parkrush.com is the email address or tweet us at parkrushpodcast thank you very much for listening we will be back next week with more until then stay safe out there Goodbye. See ya.